They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing te technical difficulties. Please stand by. All right, welcome back. Episode 23 of Inside the Mind of D. Scott, which now makes, and I say this every episode now, uh, it makes four or five episodes in a row that I've gotten the name right because I have gotten that wrong before, which is good because I named my own podcast. So, you know, I should definitely know the name of it. Um, like it, subscribe to it, share it, follow it, uh, whatever you do. Thank you so much for listening. Excited about this one. A uh, good friend of mine who is extremely active and, and doing very well from two buttons deep. Taylor, how are you? Hey, D. So happy to be inside the mind with you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm hanging in there. Good, 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 good. And I know uh, you guys have stayed as busy as possible. Um, I've seen you guys kind of doing as many videos as you could. I saw you at some of the protests in downtown Albany and stuff, which was awesome, by the wow. way. It was uh, I think it was when, when Jack was asking the people uh, what they planned on accomplishing, and the one guy was just kind of like, mm, nothing. Just want to get out of the house, you know? Yeah. I think we can all feel that mentality as things have progressed. People are, for the most part, ready to get out of the house, I think, now. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're getting there. I know people are, uh, are not happy about Phase 4 starting and the fact that malls and movie theaters and gyms are not going to be open in Phase 4. It's crazy. I mean, we partner with some, uh, you know, local mall, Crossgates here. We partner with the gyms, Metabolic. So even though we actually were able to grow business during the pandemic, seeing that we're in this final phase, like I thought it was supposed to end at phase four. And now <laughs> yeah. everybody's like, wait, what about me? What about me? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're pretty much just making it up as we go. Although I'm glad we aren't Florida because, and, and I think Texas, uh, California, maybe Arizona as well are seeing a, another spike because they just like opened up. So um, like last week, Florida itself had 9,000 positive tests come back in one day. Yeah. I have some bad news for you then. I'm no. actually getting on a flight to go to Florida on Wednesday. Oh, nice. For the July 4th weekend. So yeah, you know, I've worked through this whole time, real job, two buttons. And finally, it was like, all right, things are getting better. Time to take a little bit of time off. My sister lives down there, and she's been studying for the bar exam. She's going to be a lawyer. So she Damn. was basically going to be quarantined anyways because she just needs to study all the time. Mm -hmm. So now I'm looking at, like, a non-refundable Airbnb flights that I actually bought uh, for once. Usually I do standby because of my mom's job with the airlines and uh, – Looks like I'm going to be setting up for another mandatory 14-day quarantine when I get back. So, Yay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I had to do it. I uh, I didn't want to cancel it. It was a lot of money on the line. You know, I think at least us New Yorkers are, for the most part, responsible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I got the masks. I obviously ordered some cute ones. I'm the buttonista. And <laughs> want to be in, in style if I'm going to be on the plane for three hours with a mask. So, I'm hoping for the best. I know things are closed down. They're closing down the beaches. Uh, the restaurants are still open. Bars are not. So I'm just going to wing it. It will obviously be memorable, which is what 
we've kind of adopted as our mentality the whole time was like anything that we do during quarantine and you too i'm sure like adapting with radio and evolving we're like this is a time capsule we can look back yeah. on this time period and be like what did we do what did we create what was the mood and the vibe so i'm just gonna treat my vacation like a little time capsule a little <laughs> little special memory that i will have uh looking back so fingers crossed nice yeah i mean you can't drink in the bars but you can get alcohol to go right you know when there's pools there's i'm staying on the intercoastal in fort lauderdale so you have like double water so you got pool you got the intercoastal where the boats are and then obviously no beaches but you know i could get some binoculars and look out from afar at the beach and see what's going on in the open ocean you know i've been super into fishing during this whole time so i'm getting some new skills nice yeah uh, I think the fishing in Florida is a little bit different than like going to a pond up here in Albany, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Just I don't know if I'm necessarily prepared for that level, but I'm hoping, you know, that's a good socially distant activity. So I might get into a little bit of that. There you go. Might Maybe you'll catch a tuna. I'll bring it back for you, Dave. Great. That'd be awesome. I'd, I'd like to see you get that on the plane. Like, I don't think you can put your tuna in the carry-ons, but whatever. I don't know about that. You were at Maggie McFly's last night, though, so you're doing a little outdoor dining. Oh, they let us. We actually, uh, it wasn't that crowded, so we ate in the restaurant, which was awesome. Oh, are you an inside guy? Um, well, last night, they weren't really putting anyone on the patio anyway because there was the threat of rain. Oh, okay, so, got it. Uh, it was, I mean, if we could have, that's one thing. Although this time of year with the humidity and stuff, I don't know if I want to sit outside. because I really could totally pin you as like an inside AC type of guy. Oh, yeah. Yep. My, and the funny thing is I have my youngest with me, and she's kind of like the same way. Like she likes to be outside, but if it's humid and uncomfortable, she's like, nah, this sucks. See, I want a bacon. I'm outside right now. Any chance I get. I don't want to do many outdoorsy things when I'm out there, but <laughs> for the most part, if I can be outside, especially eating and drinking, I'll do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. It was fantastic last night too. A, it just felt good to be out and not have to get carry out. Um, and I mean, the burger I got was delicious, but my daughter got their bang bang shrimp. She did not finish it, which means that daddy gets the leftovers and I had it for lunch today and I will be getting that next time I go. That's a cool place. They have such a big menu. We actually went there for two buttons deep and we did a little, uh, just kind of intro video, you know, met some of the staff, tried some of their cocktails, and they like pride themselves on like basically like a cheesecake factory style menu that's like 50 pages. Mm -hmm. So we were with like maybe like six of us total, like squad, a couple friends, and Jack had this great idea. Jack's my co-founder, obviously, and uh, he likes to do things his way, his way or the highway sometimes, for <laughs> sure. As you know, we got into it a couple times last summer on our radio show with you. But uh, he was like, listen, I have this great idea. We want to try as many options as possible. We are going to play a game of uh, menu roulette. And you basically have to close your eyes and flip through the pages, tell somebody when to stop, and then that's how you're going to decide what you eat. And oh. I was very against it. I was like, I don't want to get stuck with like meatloaf. I want to make this a good video, good experience. But... We ended up playing. It was his rules. And I have to say, everything we had was very good. It was a very impressive spread. So even if you don't know what you want to eat there, you could close your eyes and pick, and apparently it's going to work out. Yeah. I, I, their menu is cut down a little bit right now. Um, oh, true. Got it. Because of everything. But I've never been dissatisfied with the food that I've gotten there. I've eaten there probably a handful of times. 
Yeah. Uh, they're, I love buffalo chicken, and they have an amazing buffalo chicken appetizer. And we got that last night, and Maddie loves uh, spicy food as well. So we got them, and I actually was like, ooh, is that ranch dressing or blue cheese? I wasn't sure. So I tried it. She tried it. She's like, that's ranch. And I'm like, yeah, no, there's chunks in there. That's definitely blue cheese. And she's not. Oh. Well, she's not. I don't like blue- the word chunks. Oh, sorry. It, there I mean- was. There was blue cheese in it. Wow, so it was like a blue cheese ranch. It was de- it was delicious. I don't know what kind of blue cheese they use or if it's a house uh, specialty, but it was good enough that my daughter, who only likes ranch, enjoyed the blue cheese. She enjoyed the chunks. Yeah, she did. She liked the chunks. Good for her. She's expanding her palate. <laughs> and one day I'm going to go there and actually drink. It's like every time I go there, I'm with my daughter, and I try not to, like, you know, get alcoholic beverages if I'm not home with my daughter. Right. uh, You're such a good dad. That's great. I try. But if I'm home, it's a different story. Like every Saturday, the dance dads and myself do a Zoom meeting where it's kind of like a Zoom happy hour. Oh my God. And whether she's at my house or not, she's like, oh, are you Zooming with the dads tonight? And I was like, I am. And there's a good I'm like, when I get done, I'm probably going to go to bed. She's like, you're going to have some drinks. I was like, I'm going to have uh, probably too many drinks. Yes. Wow. So. You're breaking new ground with a dad, a dance dad Zoom meeting. My dad said he was a dance dad. I don't know if he really qualified compared to the stuff that you go through as a dance dad. How are you a dance dad though with no dance? Well, it's all, those are like the group of guys I know from dance. So right. we're still all, and eventually dance will be back. Like once, you know, studios can open and all that stuff. There will be dance again. It's just uh, so we're we're tech. We'll always be dance dads. I mean, there's dads that are a part of our little group that their daughters have already graduated. They're still dance dads. Like they, that's still what they dance could. dad for life. I love it. That's some dedication right there. It never it never goes away. Um, the only thing that happens after your kid graduates is you'll notice an influx of like sixty five thousand dollars in your bank account because you don't have to pay for dance. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a real thing. I was a dance daughter, so I can attest to that. See, this is why I'm not a good podcast guest, because I end up interviewing you, because I have questions. So nobody, like, I never not do, like, the majority of the talking. It's just so hard. People ask me to come on shows, and I'm like, not that that happens all the time. I'm not that cool, but I'm like, yeah, sure. I want to know everything about you and your life right now. Yeah, but that's what makes a good guest. It can't be a one-sided because technically I mean like with the, the 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 format of this podcast it's not really an interview it's more like talking to people that I'm friends with that right. do different things between the uh the couple DJs that I've had on I've had friends from high school that either a was I reconnected with and or like I had my buddy Derek on who works for the Donner company in Hollywood which is the company that like produced the Goonies and all the X-Men movies and all that oh, stuff. Wow. So yeah, that was a, that was a fun episode. I realized as cool as I think my job is, not as uh, cool. it's, it's not as cool as his job. Cause he yeah. gets, to, you know, he's like, yeah, no, I've met Steven Spielberg and I've met Ivan Reitman and I've done this and I, and I, and he's friends with Richard Donner. And I'm like, dude, he's friends with some of the cast. Like he's good friends with the kid that played chunk in the Goonies. Now we're talking another chunk. I just told you I don't like that name, and I oh. you know I don't I don't watch movies. Oh my god, you've, you've never seen the Goonies? Yeah, so like I'm not impressed by your friend at all. Like I'll probably like my goal is to be a cooler guest, which I sounds like with his uh, his backstory in Hollywood maybe not possible. But 
I'm just not a movie person. So to me, I'm like, yeah, awesome. Fair enough. You know, not everybody is into, well, it's, I mean, I'm not into a lot of movies. I like what I like. And that's kind of where I, I you know, I kind of pick my lane and stay there. Um, right. And then like with television or Netflix, like every, all the streaming stuff that's out everyone's like oh i watch this and i watch this and i'm like i don't know what the hell any of that is like i don't you got to get up with the times i don't watch a ton of tv honestly i've been uh trying to get my outdoors on like i said it's summer so i'm not even focused on what's going on inside I, and i also go to bed at 8 30 so i don't really have a lot of time in my yeah. evening schedule to watch anything new unless it's like really really good like the last dance or something like that that's that's early by the way oh yes the oh, yeah. last dance the Last Dance was definitely worth staying up to watch. By the way. Oh, my God. I stayed up for that, and I don't even stay up late, period. And I was literally, like, ready to go at 10 o'clock for episode two. So excited to watch that. So that was a good, um, just kind of a good break in the in the quarantine life, I feel like. Now that was, uh, that was fun for me to watch because that was, like, my growing up time when the Bulls were as dominant right. as they were. So it was, like, watching all that. And it was just like a complete flashback of remembering certain things and highlights and games and stuff that we didn't necessarily know back then only because there was no internet. So we didn't right. get all the rumors and all the, you know, behind the scenes stuff that came out in that. And it's still weird to see Michael Jordan as like a 55 year old man or whatever he is, because I remember Jordan when he was young and in his thirties and, at his playing weight, which was like 209, and now he's a lot heavier than that. Oh, my God, he looks so different to me. Like, you can just see it in his eyes, and he's so young and so ready to go for it. And he, there's so much, like, being in the younger generation who didn't remember him playing. I like sports. Like, I follow pretty much everything on some basic level. But to see, like, the depth of him and his talent and his character and the relationships with like, I didn't know, I knew who Dennis Rodman was. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know about Scottie Pippen. I didn't know about, you know, Phil Jackson. It was just such a well-done piece of television. And I love, like, documentary-style stuff because it feels so real. And the production quality on, like, literally everything you watch now, whether it's a Netflix documentary, HBO documentary, or even the ESPN ones. I mean, the OJ one was phenomenal a couple years ago, you know. The quality mm -hmm. is, like, what blows my mind because it's, it's retelling history in a story in a way that makes it interesting, even though they're talking about, for the most part, iconic things that have happened. Very true. Um, it was it was weird for me because you got to find out what like playing basketball with Michael Jordan was like, and I was like, wow. right? I was like Michael Jordan was an asshole. <laughs> and but, he said that. I think he said like, I'm afraid people aren't going to like me as much after. And I was like, oh, I don't think that's true. I mean, I like him more, but I'll, I didn't have the backstory. I mean, it definitely didn't change my opinion of him. I'm, I was a massive fan back then and still am a massive fan of the competitor that he was and the ball player that he was. But, man, it had to be hard to play with him. Oh like, my God, you, yeah. But I'm, I'm assuming, too, though, most of those guys knew what they were getting into as – the team kind of matured and became the team that they were like, you knew like Jordan expected the most from you. And the one thing that they did say was like, he wasn't the guy that was asking you to do something and he wouldn't do it. Like he was right. doing everything he asked of his teammates. Yeah. So. I think it's interesting. Like my boyfriend has a 13 year old son and 
we talk about it a lot and like he's into sports he plays baseball he's into everything he's tried everything and it's like you know we have all these examples and obviously they exist now like Steph Curry's or LeBron or any other sport Tom Brady but like there are these people that are excellent athletes and are the top of their industry but their personalities and the behind the scenes of how driven they are how dedicated how motivating they are to their teammates like kids now like it's different i guess with daughters even though that's probably a stereotype like as girls like it's just harder to be you know your your status as a professional athlete isn't quite the same unless you're like serena williams or venus williams but <laughs> like how do kids get those lessons now moving forward like how do the kids of today like become the next best like are you just so driven and so apart from like day one that it's so obvious what your path is going to be and still you're one in a million because now there's so many distractions of games and TikTok and I mean video games, of course. Um, I just wonder, like, what are the next couple generations of athletes going to be like? Because even my age group, we didn't have like Instagram and social media and like Facebook until we were much older. So mm. we're kind of exempt from that. So like the Bryce Harpers of the world, like they didn't grow up like that. But like starting now, I feel like it's just a different world. I think with the kids, I mean, depending, it, it, I mean, uh, some kids may be self-motivated, but there has to be some drive coming from the parents yeah. to um, a friend, my, my friend, Matt, who I actually had on the podcast, his kids both play um, sports. They play, one, his daughter plays softball, his son plays baseball. And they have those distractions where like his son is a gamer and loves playing, but, yeah. and you know, and his daughter has TikTok and all this stuff and all those distractions, but they know that from, you know, this time to this time, it's time to practice. Yeah. So they put in the work, which is kind of been instilled to them by their dad and their mom as well. And it was, you know, my buddy Matt played for Mount St. Mary's college and is in their hall of fame for his baseball career. Oh, wow. And, and, and excelled in baseball and he's also their coach. So that helps a lot, but he makes sure that they have their practice time. He's a big practice guy. He was a big, yeah. his father was a big practice guy, which Matt kind of took on and he's instilled that in his kids. So it's, it, it comes from the parents a lot too. Um, we have to do it with our, my, both my daughters, you know, yeah. One's a cheerleader, one's a dancer. It's like, all right, like tonight, uh, my youngest, I texted her. I was like, you got to, because she's kind of been slacking. So I'm like, you need to start stretching. You need to start practicing so that when we do go back, yeah, you're stronger than you were when we left the studio. And right. she, you know, she's like, I have two videos that I do for my stretching. She's like, I'm going to stretch tonight. I'm going to dance. I'm going to start working out. So, And she's going to do that, she says, every night moving forward for the rest of the summer so I'm like okay if you do that uh, that'll be awesome and even if she does it four times a week as opposed to every single night but you know I don't want to she'll be 13 in like 20 days I don't need her working out every day like at that age you know like right right no but it is like an investment of like your time and your money and you're just like wanting to see them through you know, the things that they've like committed to and signed mm -hmm. up for. So I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously I don't have kids, but I have a good deal of baby fever after being stuck home for like three months. So you know, <laughs> my wheels are spinning on what, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to find myself in those situations someday. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, kids are great. 
Yeah, you probably love them even more now that you're home with them. They're just always there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm I'm fortunate, not fortunate. I don't that, that that's not the right word, but I don't have my kids every day. Right. So I get the I get the break, which right. is you know it's like. Oh, Wednesday. She's they're there in the evening or or on the every other weekend. So I'm catching more of a break than a normal parent would, especially during this ridiculous like right, having right. to stay home time. You know. Yeah, no, and, that's very true. But then I think sometimes like people will complain about things that their kids do. Like, you know, they always have a lot of questions, and I'm like, oh shit. Well, I'm 26 and I have a ton of questions, and I never <laughs> so whoever has to hang out with me for the rest of their lives as like a co-parent or whoever I'm like well a lot of this stuff it doesn't go away <laughs> and my mom's taking care of her dad right now who's like 86 and he's mm-hmm. like not doing great I saw you posted like some family stuff going on you know just a lot of hard stuff has been happening the past few months but watching my mom take care of her dad I'm like oh my god it's like having a baby like yeah. you can't leave them alone you have to watch them all the time they ask for everything they have a million questions they don't remember anything. They can't listen. They don't hear you. They pretend they don't hear you. And it's like that circle of life is just, I hate that phrase. It's like such a cliche. Like, you know, it's, oh, whatever. Like it comes full circle, but I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah it, it does. does. Yeah, it does. If you're the person that has to come down and take care and do all that stuff later on when you just got done doing it. Um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. My mom had to uh, take care of my stepdad who was dealing with, lung cancer and then it got bad really quick but she was the caregiver so it was like she would go for a walk but have to hurry home because she didn't want to leave him for that long she really wasn't going into work and if she was it was only for a few hours because again she didn't want to leave him and then at hospice she was there all the time and you know he passed away a couple weeks like I think it's two weeks tomorrow two weeks it's about two weeks and uh and now she's like, but now she's got to do all the other stuff like that. She didn't realize what needed to be done, the legal stuff and right. taking care of getting her health insurance situated, uh, actually getting the death certificate, filling that out, doing all this stuff. She's like, oh, my God, it's like never ending. I'm like, but you're going to get it done soon and then it'll be over. And then, she, you know, she can kind of go about living her new life without her husband. So. Right, you have to start a whole new process. I feel like that's one of my, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not the most reflective person like outwardly. Like I think we all think about stuff all the time, you know, but I really kind of taken the past four months and I've been back at work for like a month now. So my life like is somewhat back to normal in the sense of like day to day. And my like, my mom and my boyfriend went to work every day. They are like essential employees. So even during the pandemic, I wasn't really like, I felt like some things didn't change for me besides just working from home because everybody else is kind of going about their business in my world. But taking this time to reflect on just the challenges that people go through and all the different situations that you get thrown and luckily being like, I find myself to be a more positive person day in and day out. Felt like I could deal with it really well in the beginning. I was rolling with the punches and we were making the most of it with two buttons deep in our content with my job. I was still luckily was employed this whole time, but now it's like things are just keeping on. And I'm like, Oh my God, the stuff that people <laughs> have struggled with and struggle with way more than what I struggle with. I mean, I'm, I, I know I can't say blessed because you said, if you say blessed, you have to take a shot. What's that? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a drinking game. Um, again, that? back, blessed? 
my my buddy Matt again. We go back to the to his episode, which I did. I did some digging into the analytics of my podcast, and it turns out that the podcast I did with Matt is the most listened to one I've put up so far. Oh, nice! And he was like, which is amazing because I think him and I went like a, like two and a half hours. So God oh bless God. anybody. God bless anybody that listened to that whole thing. Um, but he was he kept saying how blessed he was. He was blessed with this, blessed with that. So about halfway through it, he was like, we should have turned this into a drinking game. Oh, there you go. So now the the running joke moving forward is if you're saying blessed and you're listening to the podcast, you have to take okay. a shot. And you can check out the shirt. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? That just reminded me. Your uh, rainbow. Just about a year ago, we were hanging out at the Pride Parade in yeah. downtown Albany. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, – I was thinking, like, the memories popped up on my Facebook, and I was like, oh, shit, like, we were hanging out with Jake Miller and A.J. Mitchell and thousands of people in the park and having a blast and firing yeah. off the, the T-shirt cannon off the stage and right over the crowd and onto a tent, which was hilarious. But, wow, uh, with more people than we even know what to do with right now. How is mm -hmm. that? I mean, you might have covered it on the podcast before, but how has, like, your industry changed and what do you, what's your prediction on the future of events and the gathering? Um, the, the business aspect of this, like of radio is still kind of, we've noticed the spike, um, which is kind of, the trend is going away now, but during the peak of all of this, the, uh, the digital listening, the online listening grew a lot. So people were, you know, using the app more and listening oh, online. So, but now with people getting back in their cars, they'll start, shifting back to their normal listening habits prior to the pandemic kicking in. Advertising took a huge hit because there were so many places that were just closed. Yeah. Um, we tried our best to like immediately when we start, things started closing our digital guy, BJ jumped right on it, put together a list of all the local like restaurants and places that were still open Yeah. Uh, so that we put together a, a microsite. Of, it was literally just a list of places you could get carry out or take, yeah. you know, take out and delivery, um, doing our best to try to help at least the local places stay busy and, you know, stay open. Yeah. Um, but now things are starting to come back. We're, you know, because car dealerships are starting to open up again. So they're more, although they never really closed, closed, but they're starting, we're starting to see people come back and hopefully with what we did with the uh, with the local businesses, we can generate some of some new revenue from that because we were helping them in a time where the, you know they needed it the most. Right. So hopefully, when they can spend some money, they'll spend it with us. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, you got you got your ducks in a row over there. And no pressure to anyone that might own a local business that might be listening to this. Right. right you're not just like, yeah, you're not like totally accepting new clients. Like if you want, like if you want to come over, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, they're going to need to get the word out there and I need a new car. So if you got any connect, I don't really, <laughs> I just always run out of miles on my lease. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm like literally a year shy from my lease ending and I'm out of miles. So, Ooh, um, yeah, it's just like a bad thing that I do. Like it's happened. This would be the third time that I've done this. Oh, and then I end up with like a new car, and it's all good. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to figure that. Maybe once I hear some radio ads, I'll be inspired to, uh, you know, kind of get that going again for myself. My friends at Leah are pretty good. Leah, do they have a 
Is it Leah? What if they, does Leah have a Kia? I don't. They have it's Leah Nissan, Leah Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge Ram, Leah Honda. I could do it. I could do a, a Jeep. I like these. It's called the Kia, like Telluride or whatever, which is kind of a really lame name for a car. <laughs> but it's like, uh, it's like, and I would not say I like Kias. Like I, I'm not like, I have Chevys. Like I don't, I there's not have fancy cars, but Kia I just always thought was like, probably because those dumb. Uh, what are they? This, you know what I'm talking about? The yeah, hamsters. Yeah. yeah, and that just like totally killed the vibe. But all of a sudden, you know, when you're driving and you see a car and you're like, oh wow, like that must be like a BMW or Mercedes or like some luxury car. And then you turn your head and it's like like a normal like car, like a Kia. So they have this like version of a Jeep called the Telluride. It's like a Jeep, like uh, you know, a SUV, and it's sick. And now I like have it stuck in my head that that's what I want. So uh, I don't know. I'm not seeing any Leah Kia dealerships, although I feel like they should have one just because it would sound amazing. <laughs> it sounds great, Leah Kia. It sounds amazing. And, you know, we, uh, we've we definitely toyed around with, like, how can I partner with a car dealership? You can switch out my cars for me. You mm -hmm. know, I take everybody's into, like, being irresponsible in their driving and, like, taking videos of themselves. So, like, I could even do that. Um, you know, kidding. I would be very responsible behind the wheel of someone else's brand uh, vehicle. But uh, a lot of content. A lot of content can be made in cars, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, when a buddy of mine was working for Leah, because I, uh, I do endorsements for Leah, Leah Nissan or Leah Honda. Yeah. Uh, and my buddy was working there, and he was their digital guy, Nick. He was. Uh, he's not with them anymore. But we were doing all kinds of stuff. He, would, he had GoPros set up in the car. Um, we did, we, we actually had a Wrangler from Leah Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and it was the ghost Wrangler. So all last October, we had four different episodes where me, Nick, Katie Manning and Michelle Lyons Polito, who are two psychics that I do psychic on the oh, scene. Right. Yeah. My other podcast, we went to like four different haunted locations, shot videos and, you know, we we're pimping the vehicle, but at the same time, also putting together content that was not just buy this car, buy this car, buy this car type thing. Right, it's subtle. It's subtle. Yes. That's where we come into play a lot of the time. Yeah, I don't know if you'll be hanging out at any spooky sites this fall, but fingers crossed. We want to so bad. Like yeah. we, uh, because that was the thing right before this hit, Michelle, myself, and Katie were talking about doing Psychic on the Scene on the Road. Yeah. And start making our own paranormal videos and kind of, you know, go into different haunted locations and, get some ghost hunting um, equipment or bring some people on that we know that are, that have it. Yeah. And then also bring in the psychic aspect of the whole thing. And that really got the kibosh real quick because we can't go anywhere. No. So. Yeah. I don't know. I might socially distance from a psychic for a little while longer. I don't know if I need to know my, my exact future, but uh, I'll definitely, I'll keep her in mind if, if the need arises. Well, Katie and Michelle do them virtually. They'll do virtual readings as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah everybody's adaptive. I mean, that's the name of the game these days is you got to find a way to keep your stuff going. And I'd like to see, you know, seeing everybody evolve and do some different stuff because there's really no choice. You know, you're on episode 23 of your freaking podcast. <laughs> Who would have known? Yeah, and I'd started it. Oh, God, I don't even know how long I've been doing this. Oh, it's If only I could just pull up the iHeartRadio app and look. My first episode was posted March 3rd. 
Wow. So that means, has it been 23 weeks or do you do this twice a week? I do this as often as I can. If I, uh, if I have someone lined up, I try to, you know, I, I was at one point like banging out two to three a week. Wow. Um, just lining up different people that I wanted to get on. And once I figured out that I could do this on zoom and record it through the computer, yeah, it was like, all right, let's get this going. Cause I had a bunch of people on hold, but we can't have anybody at the studio. So I was right, like, right, right. I don't need you at the studio. Just do you have zoom? I do. Okay, perfect. Let's do it. So it started like I would do one on a Monday or a Tuesday. And then on the Thursday of that week, I had another one lined up and I was doing that. <clears throat> I basically set my podcast schedule around when I don't have my kids. Right. So that I can come here and spend some time at the station doing the extra work after the recording. And they seem to go like an hour, hour and a half, two hours, depending on who I'm talking to. Wow. Well, you did not tell me I was going to be on the hook for that long. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it depends. I mean, it, it really depends on how much or, you know, what the other person has going on. The ones that went a little bit longer also were like my buddy Matt, because I hadn't spoken to him. Right, right. Since high, literally since high school, except for like five minutes at his dad's wake. And it was, that was not really the time to catch up. Because, oh, wow. Like I got there late and uh, there was still like, by the time I got to the, the quote unquote receiving line, there was still like a good 35, 40 people behind me. So it's not like him and I could just shoot the shit. There was people waiting, like, you know, so we chatted for a, like a couple of minutes and, and that was kind of it. And then it was when I had the opportunity to get him on, it was 25 plus years of catching up. Oh my God, that's crazy. We're not even done. Like he's, he, he's I'm going to have him on for another episode as well. There's so much more to cover that we didn't get to. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting with podcasts. Like, I, I had just started a podcast before all this happened. We were finally ready to launch it. We had, like, sponsors lined up. And we did one episode in person and then had to kind of, like, be creative. And we actually were able to do it for my apartment. But I just listen to podcasts, but I still don't know how to really do a good one. Like, you know, we've played around with the length. Like, how long does it need to be? You know, when do you bring on interviews? And I listen to, like, really great podcasts all the time. Mm -hmm. And obviously some are super specific, some are about one certain topic, some are kind of like this where you're just shooting the shit and catching up, but it's, um, it's like on my to-do list is to like try to master this and try to get a grip on like what people actually want to listen to. Like mm -hmm. if they like you, they're going to listen for longer. So that part's great. But I don't know, it's an interesting industry and so much had happened with like, you know, Joe Rogan's heading to Spotify and there was all this drama with Barstool's Call Her Daddy and their intellectual property and stuff like that. So the industry mm -hmm. itself is like blowing up, which I think for smaller podcasts, like Two Buttons Deep, we're just getting into the podcast game. And it's kind of easy to look at it and go, well, like there's too many big players. Like how are we gonna, you know, really like get a good share of the market? But I think at the same time, it's like, it's not really about that always. It's about just connecting with people that are interested in listening to you. And yes. if you have a lot of thoughts and things that you want to get out there and you can be articulate and entertaining, then it's worth giving it a shot. Mm -hmm. But seeing some people like totally like rise to fame and then how some of the bigger industries like Spotify, which is music dominated as you know, is like saying like, all right, let's go and really, really invest in podcasts. It's just, um, it makes me feel old and I'm not even old. <laughs> 
I'm like, can I catch up with this? I said I was going to do TikTok during quarantine, and I did not. I got on TikTok during quarantine. Um, the one guy, I don't know, I, I, I mentioned him a couple of different times on the podcast, Gary Vanderchick, Gary V. Yeah, oh yeah. He, uh, I've, I've watched some of his videos, some of the stuff I'm like, uh, okay. But I do listen to some of the stuff that he says. And one, he's always promoting starting your podcast. I understand yeah. that there's like, there's got, I think there's like 600, 700,000 podcasts in the world. Um, but if you're putting out content that you think, if you're putting out good content, there will be an audience for it. And it's part of the, I guess the, I hate saying it, but it's part of the grind for the podcast. Right. As you start putting out the content and keep going and keep going, people will come to it or find it. If you do some promotion on your own, obviously, I mean, we all can't be Joe Rogan or like, I spent a lot of time listening to Rogan or Bill Burr. Yeah. And, he's funny. Uh, I like him. and but that and those two are the guys that like kind of spawned this podcast because Bill Burr does his Monday morning podcast and it's literally just him talking for a half hour. Joe's podcast is what Joe's podcast is, which is guests of all different kinds coming on his, his to do his, uh, his podcast. But it's like, I kind of was somewhere in between where I wanted to be with Burr where, but see, Bill's a stand-up comic. So it's like right. easier for him. I'm, I'm like, uh, dude, I did a couple of these by myself and it was torture for me. Yeah. It like trying to fill, I was like, I'll do 15, 20 minutes on my own just to make sure I'm putting out some more, you know, some more content. And I think like three and a half to four minutes into me recording one of those by myself, I was through my material. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. Uh, let's fill time. Um, but, and then with TikTok, I think I got like four videos up there. I got a whopping like 26 followers or some shit that's but, actually kind of impressive i i i wouldn't even know how to get 26 i thought i mean that <laughs> one i i don't know there's so many like conspiracy theories about what tiktok is and like china and like they just want your data and they're like inflating views to make like teenagers famous and i don't know that's a little bit too much for me to comprehend but podcasting an actual business money serious right. players all right i can i can try to get serious about that but one of the guests that I've had on the podcast a few episodes ago was this kid, Danny White, who I stumbled upon on TikTok, um, was on my For You page, and I was just scrolling through, and it was one of these nights where it was like, what, I had the TV on but wasn't really watching it, and I was watching TikTok videos, like every one I came across. And I stumble on this kid, and he's a rapper, but he's a rapper who has Tourette's. And he raps about what is going, what's gone on in his life, what he deals with every day. So this one video that I watched really caught my attention. So I messaged him and was like, Hey, I do a podcast. You want to come on? He was with it right away. His video, actually the video that I saw blew up and him and I got on like around the same time. I have 26, uh, 26 followers. He's up in the, um, hundreds of thousands or something like that now or like 20,000 and it was all his one video took off and then you know I had him on the podcast I'm that probably got him like another follower or two yeah. <laughs> uh you know with the, the whopping like eight people that listen to this thing but um so he's been and, I, and I'm still you know I'm still in contact with him I, I didn't just j throw him on the podcast 
for that. I, you know, right. kind of developed a friendship with the kid as well. He's out of Boston. He's doing really well, really, really well. And now he's seeing people like want to do collabs with him or do features, send him beats, whatever it may be. So I'm like, that's great. Cause if you can link up producers and all this other stuff, the kid's got a lot of talent. Uh, he's a, he's got a very Mac Miller ish vibe, which is yeah. good. Um, which has, he, I mean, he was a big Mac Miller fan, so it has a lot to do with it, but, and he's a super cool kid. Very, very nice. And I just wanted to help get his story out there. So TikTok has its advantages. Um, the other stuff, I don't know. I think the most views I got is like 500,000 or 500 views on a video. Pretty good. That's not so bad. I just haven't hit that level of creativity. I feel like, uh, if anything, I've maybe been less creative with everything going on in the world, but ready to get back to the real stuff soon. Just kind of do foolishness on there. Um, but for you got like for you guys with two buttons deep, even if you had like a two buttons deep um, TikTok, because you don't necessarily have to do all like music dancey videos. You can right. I'm, like I did it just to use it as promotion for this right. as well. You know, to kind of go, hey, this is what I do. This is this podcast or whatever. Like the first video I put up, I was just messing around and did like the Eminem. Uh, rap god challenge but i was like lip syncing to rap god yeah. the fast part but i don't know the words so i was like literally just moving my lips and kind of like covered my mouth and all that. one person was like we can tell you're lip syncing i'm like oh can you I was like yeah, yeah. good one good was, one that's like thank you very much detective yeah so. that's the point yeah we were into like jack like he was like kind of <laughs> big on vine back in the day so mm -hmm. again feeling old but that was um you know a similar concept when there was less out there so it felt like you know and that was like a like a quick lightning bolt and then gone but yeah well i mean it kind of developed in vine kind of developed into tiktok in a way yeah but, very from what i know it's very similar but yes. sometimes i feel like i can block things out if i'm not interested i'm like i'm good <laughs> like i'll watch it if it comes across my feed like in another format like on twitter but I actually don't, maybe it's just overload of like being on social media all the time for work and for everything else. And just knowing when I'm like at it, not even out of my zone, just like, I can't watch. I, for someone that does is on video and on camera all the time, I watch a concerningly low amount of video. Like I, people are like, oh my God, you see that like viral video of like, you know, the dog. And I'm like, no, Bill, you posted it on 2 and Z, but I'm like, yeah, I didn't see it. Like. I saw like the header, but I didn't actually watch it. And right. I don't know what that is about me. Like I'm not like a hipster. Like oh, I'm too cool for it. I just don't always have the the interest or the time span or not. I don't know. I don't know the short time span. Well, I guess we all do. I don't. I'm already losing my train of thought. That's how short my time span. Or what's that? Time. What's that called? Time span. What is it? It would be your. Um, oh my God. Like a baby has a short attention span. Attention span. There it is. There we go. Time span. That's good, totally a different thing. But good thing we uh, finished that up. We're, yeah, we figured I, that all out. See, I'm smart. So now, let's talk two buttons deep, and you guys getting that. Uh, for those that don't know what two buttons deep, just in case there's not people listening from the they area. Made it this far, congratulations. What? They've made it this far on the show. That's impressive. It is. Well, and, and now we can promote your stuff. How about that? Yeah, of course. In like the 43rd minute. No, I'm just yeah. Go on, go on. Um, so give us a basic rundown, like the, like the condensed version of what Two Buttons Deep is. 
Yeah. So basically now we call ourselves a digital entertainment company. So we've always sort of said we're not the news. In some ways we poke fun at the news or we kind of take the best parts of the news, you know, the headlines, the outrageous, the kind of crazy stuff. And we either interpret it, comment on it, or go out and discover it ourselves. So mm. we've really evolved from what was at one point a blog where we hired writers and we thought that was the thing to do, which is blog all day, to putting our personalities on camera, going into situations, events, things going on in the capital region that maybe like the average person wouldn't have access to. So like our Pride Festival last year, like I had a totally unique experience being able to kind of interview people, go behind the scenes or just have a different view of like traditional things, whether it's going to the Times Union Center for an event or, you know, riding a horse at the track, which I've done. So we try to give people a different view, all in the hopes to make them feel more proud and more excited to live in the capital region. You know, Um, my partner and I both grew up here, as you know, and we think it's cool. We have a lot of fun prior Mm -hmm. to COVID, plenty of things to do, cool restaurants and bars, but it's really more about that. It's about kind of capturing our, lives as average 20 something to our living upstate we're quote unquote stuck with it even though it's a choice to live here but we want people to be proud and kind of just take full advantage of what's going on and have a place where when they're on their feeds and things can be so heavy and so serious and so combative and negative sometimes towards total strangers on the internet mm-hmm. two buttons eve should be a place you go and go wow i actually laughed like i saw this video <laughs> of the dog that Taylor didn't watch and I laughed and I like, <laughs> and made me forget what's going on. So we definitely try to provide some sort of comic relief while also just being generally very authentic about ourselves and what we do while we're doing it. One thing I, I truly like, and, 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 and like you guys, I grew up in the capital region. Uh, I've stayed here by choice, um, most, mostly by choice. My two daughters living here has a lot to do with that too because I kind of wanted to be a part of their lives so you know moving to Florida was probably not the best move as a dad um but I love the fact that you guys are capital region centric you 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 know everything is basically Albany Schenectady Troy anything that's around here um and it highlights some of the cool stuff that goes on in the capital region which which I think is fantastic because we didn't have that. Like until you guys came along, we didn't really have that except for the local news stations. Yeah. And I think now, you know, our model has evolved and our fan base has grown like crazy. I mean, we grew so much in the last three months while other businesses sadly were struggling. Like we were being able to take advantage of people on their phones. A few of us live together in downtown Albany. So create content around basically with our roommates, you know, it's not like we had to quarantine from one another. Um, but really just being able to capitalize on that younger audience that right now, I know a lot of friends that didn't re-sign their leases in Brooklyn and Manhattan and Boston mm-hmm. because of what the future looks like in major cities where traditionally that's where you go to have fun. That's where you go to have cultural experiences. That's where you go to eat good food and drink on rooftops. And, you know, as time goes on, the capital region is becoming a little bit more hip to those things. Obviously, yeah, you have to drive or Uber, I guess, in a different way, but, you know, we have a lot of those same amenities and quality of life. So I think that's kind of what we're able to provide is like that like affirmation as a young person who like would feel like they needed to go to the city at some point because I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I can have a full life here. I can meet people up here. I can, you know, have a good career and, you know, long term like buy real estate or like do the other like important phases of life all while having 
like a cool factor. Right. You know, I'm all about being cool. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit about being cool. But yeah, I mean, we just, we have fun and we've grown a lot and we, we see it as also something, like you said, like it's great that it's capital region focused, but there's so many other cities like the capital region. You know, we knew we couldn't compete in New York City or Boston where the other big media companies are for like the millennial demographic. But what about like Providence, Rhode Island or Dallas or Houston or like, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, other cities around the country that are like, they're not like your major cities, but they're like cool. And they could use a little bit of like local personality. So we could see ourselves kind of replicating this model in other cities as we get bigger. Nice. Um, it's kind of an exciting, we, you know, we have a plan. In the beginning, we had no plan and we got this far. <laughs> so now we're kind of at that big girl, big boy phase where we got to think about what the next couple of years are going to look like for us. And um, I think we're on the right path. So that's cool. That's awesome. That, that's really awesome. Uh, Dallas is kind of considered a, a big city, but that's okay. Um, yeah, that wasn't a great example. But like, I call them like middle market cities. Like Providence, Rhode Island would be a good example. Um, you know, just places that, like, there's a good population of, like, colleges, because I think mm-hmm. they feed into people staying, so, you know, there's a good, like, base of people that might say, like, oh, I think I could get a job here, I think I could live here, you know, for a few years after college, and um, still want to do all the fun stuff that we want to do. <laughs> it's the one thing about the capital region where everybody gets in love with New York City, and we have a lot of cool stuff going on here, and it's cheaper than New York oh, yeah. City. <laughs> like yeah, just a little. So now yeah, you, you get a lot of the same thing. So outside of the two buttons deep thing, you actually have another job as well. Yeah, I have a few. So um, oh. so I so I work. I do like marketing and sales for like uh, a couple of the local co-working spaces. So mm-hmm. they own the Moose Club in Albany, and then the Troy Innovation Grounds in Troy, and they're actually expanding the Providence, Rhode Island, which is why that is like hot in my mind. So I do that as like a real, what I would call a real job. And then I've been with the Times Union and a couple other places. I've been with the Times Union for like 10 years. So I freelance for them. Um, so I write, uh, back in the day, it used to be a lot when the paper was more robust, like physically, they do cool, like I would write fashion, I would write trends, I would write like a column on like how to save money doing certain things. Now I do like a lot of real estate. So I just wrote a cool story about like what is going to happen to like all the summer rentals in Saratoga now that nobody is going to the track physically. So that was interesting. That was actually hard to wrap my mind around, but um, yeah, being a writer has kind of always been like my foundation, like what I've studied, what I'm good at, and then just tried to spin out a bunch of other things on how do I do that. What is the plan in Saratoga with like, you know, them still going to have a meet, but not fans, which I think kind of sucks for the city of Saratoga because there's so much money that comes in tourist wise. Oh my God. The track alone generates 237 million. A lot, just the track as one right. attraction. So take out like SPAC or, um, you know, any of the other venues down there. But yeah, I mean, they're saying no fans. I interviewed a couple of people on that story that were from like Queens and had traveled in that still plan their vacations and they're not canceling that oh. are hopeful that maybe by the end of the summer, maybe they would start to open it. I thought they would because all you'd have to do is take the capacity down. Like there's so much open space there. The picnic tables, like I, it would be probably impossible to enforce like not crowding around even with a smaller amount of people. But I was kind of hopeful. Two Buttons Deep had a big show there last summer. So that was really big for us. And we were hoping to get there. We have some tricks up our sleeve. So 
uh, I, I still think I'll be able to get into the track with like a media pass or something, but because um, people are going to want to know what's going on in there, at least now some of the bars and restaurants are open downtown. But, right. um, you know, I was there actually on Sunday for a little bit downtown and it was very busy. So it seems like, you know, whether it's the locals that are coming out to support, knowing that their tourism season is going to be shot. So maybe locals that love Saratoga are like, hey, we got to get out more. We got to spend more within our downtown to try to give them love during this time. Or like some of the people I interviewed, they're still going to have vacations, but instead of going to the track, they're going to golf. Instead of, you know, going to the horseshoe, they're going to go out downtown or whatever. Yep. You know, they're adapting mm -hmm. their stays. But, you know, in my, like, it's one of my favorite places to be in the summer. So I will, uh, I will be very sad to not have a summer like I had last year. But my liver health will probably be <laughs> happier about that because I won't have to worry about drinking. 27 Miller lights a night that I'm there. So that's good. That's a positive. And that'll save you money. Exactly. Well, I didn't have to pay for much when I was down there, but yeah, sure. Oh. We'll say it'll save, we'll say it'll save me money. So uh, we're actually July uh, with two buttons. Deep, we have a beer of the month that sponsors us. And this is the moment I've been waiting for in July. It is Miller light. So I am just over the moon excited. Uh, to promote my favorite drink and, and ease into the summer with a nice cold one or 27. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, well, because of the dance dads, I started drinking more IPAs now. Okay. I like, uh, I'm not, I don't, uh, I don't discriminate. Uh, I, I, I found out that I don't need as many if I'm drinking IPAs because the alcohol oh. content is much higher. Very true. And I have always been a lightweight when it comes to drinking. So like three beers. Wow. But, good for you. But at the same time, we're drinking, you know, anything from a oh, it's like seven, yeah, like seven to eight percent, and they're sixteen ounce or twenty ounce cans. Or 16 yeah. Ounce cans. So it's like whoa, okay. And then sometimes you drink, you know, four or five, and then you're just really out of it. Yeah, good thing you're doing these on Zoom, you know. Yes. No, oh, that's, that's true. Definitely and, then my other buddies got me into bourbon as well. So that Oh was, wow, yeah, you're taking it to a new level then. Yeah, no, that's bourbon is although I did find um my buddy my bourbon snob who has like over a hundred bottles of bourbon at his house. Wow. I bought a bottle of uh the screwball peanut butter whiskey. Oh, don't even get me started. Oh no. It's so good. I can't <laughs> stop. My boyfriend and I, I don't even want to say it like where it can be recorded, but like you can drink that so fast yeah like we at least a bottle a week and it's not even like we're drinking it like crazy it's like you know just like a sip like a sip here a sip there like you know we have fun when we hang out and we're like cooking or we're gonna go fishing it's like hey you want a sip like, we'll just have a literally pack the bottle around like it's the prohibition era <laughs> and it's funny that you brought that up because i bring that up to people and they're like oh my god that sounds so gross um, God, it's so good. It it was oh good. I was drinking it uh, on the rocks for a little bit. And then the last little bit of the bottle that I had, I bought two bottles of grape soda. Oh, yeah. I haven't tried mixing it. Grape soda and peanut butter, with, peanut butter and jelly. It's yeah. delicious. You put it, here's the thing though. You got to put it in the freezer. Okay. Next time I buy a bottle oh, of it, I'll do that. <laughs> it, I drink it ice cold. And yep. it is like even better. Like when it's warm, it has a little bit more of like that, like uh, like syrupy mm -hmm. 
but when you freeze it, oh my, we just keep a bottle in the freezer and it is so, it's like a little treat. It's like dessert. You don't need ice cream, um, <laughs> but it's alarming how quick you can drink it because you don't, I don't know. It just is like that. But I don't really drink stuff like that. We used to drink a lot of fireball, like last, talk about last summer at the track. Yep. That's like our quick hit. Like, you know, you just want to boost the party a little bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, the screwball is a totally another level that I, I didn't know I would be at, but. Some people are totally grossed out. Some people, I'm like, if you know, you know. Yeah, my buddy was like, that's gross. Like, you should be. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you. He's like, I need your man card. I'm like, I never had a man card to begin with. Yeah, you're and, a dance dad. You don't need a man card. And I'm like, and second of all, yeah, I'm drinking, you know, uh, grape soda with peanut butter whiskey. It's delicious. Yeah, put and, it. do me a favor and put it in the freezer. You will not be sorry about that. Um, then I won't have to put then I won't have to put ice in my drink too. So. No, just freeze it. It's so much better. And then meanwhile, I, like my dad knew about it, and he was like, "Oh, I've been putting a little bit of my coffee in the morning." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> no." I guess it's good at all temperatures. That's the last thing to disprove all. But um, yeah, I'm glad you're on the train for that because it is. Oh, it was. I was so impressed, and I actually came across it by listening. I was listening to Drink Champs, which is another podcast that uh, Nori, who is a who's a rapper from like the late '90s. Um, and we, they were doing advertisements for it. I'm like, what the fuck is it? And then I like came across it at the liquor store when I was bottle buying a different, uh, a bottle of Elijah Craig bourbon. So I'm like, oh, I'm getting this too. And it was discounted. So it was like two bottles for like 60 bucks. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're doing that. Tried the whiskey. And I was like, Ooh, this is delicious. Yeah. Um, I did find out though that bur- like any kind of brown liquor gives me heartburn, but I can Ooh. deal with that. I have yeah, thumbs. Yeah, yeah like, exactly, exactly. You can deal with it if it, if it. My buddies are like, "Are you eating thumbs?" I'm like, "Yes," because we're drinking heavily. So and you're a lightweight, so tell them to just leave you alone. They know. They they know. <laughs> We've all been. They've all been around me in situ- party situations uh, where, where's D? He'll be back in five minutes. He just had to go empty the tank. We'll yeah. be right. He'll be, so that was. I'm. I'm known as the puker. I'm. I'm a puker. But oh boy, I hope been, I, I. don't think I'm like that anymore. But I've been a puker since I was like 20. So wow. at least you know you can own it. You know. Yeah. No. I'm. Listen. I have absolutely no shame. Everyone's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm gonna go throw up." And when I'm done throwing up, we're gonna drink more. Ready to drink. Yeah. And I, I might need something to eat after I vomit. Because yeah, yeah. But, Positive attitude though. You're in it for the long haul. So yeah, make a marathon now, right? So, but uh, well, wonderful catching up with you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I feel like we just hung out, which is the best thing ever. See, easy, you know. Yeah. So you're like one of the only people that's ever been like. It feels like we hung out, and I enjoyed it. Like. Oh, they're usually like, get me off. Well, I mean, I, I did actually like, start boiling water at a very low temperature when we started. So um, I, I probably should actually go check on that because it's almost seven. It's almost my bedtime. I got to get ready to go to Florida and put my mask on for the next five days. And you might want to just, you know, you probably evaporated all the water. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I never even thought of that, actually. Which might be bad for the pot that's on there, empty, just on a house. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. It's, all right. I got to go then. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.